Hello and welcome to My Interpretation with me, Tony McElroy. This is episode 8, recorded on May 1st, 2011. Hey guys, thanks for uh, listening to another podcast. As I said, this is episode 8. I'm uh, shooting for 10. (laughs) I was recently listening to um, Cliff uh, Ravenscraft on the podcast Answer Man, and he says that if you you do 10 episodes, then you are probably going to continue doing podcasting. Now, I think I've already done 22 or so for my uh, um, Jeep Cherokee podcast for the uh, Jeep Cherokee website that I have. So I think I'm going to be doing podcasting for a while. It's it's a lot of fun and uh, I get to uh, talk to you guys and uh, hopefully you enjoy listening. I guess you're coming back for a reason. Well, tonight, and uh, first off, I'll, I'll mention that. I've um, been trying to do these things on Thursday uh, evening and then getting the uh, podcast up and ready for you to download and listen on uh you know, late Thursday or early Friday morning, certainly available on Friday. And uh, I just wasn't feeling it uh, this Thursday. And uh, I was going to try to do it Friday night and uh, didn't, and then try to do it Saturday uh, day or even at night didn't. So I'm finally making myself do it now. And actually, I'm kind of glad I did because I, I ran across a uh, a story on uh, ScienceDaily.com that uh, I think you'll find interesting. It's uh, one of those uh, kind of like the um, uh, global warming thing that uh, turned out to uh, perhaps be going on, but not necessarily man-made. But first, I want to read you this little uh, this little story, a little post that I put up on uh, February uh, the third that uh, you may not have uh, may not have read on my blog, and and I think it's really interesting and, and kind of funny. So uh, I'll just read this uh, this blog to you. That really chaps my ass. When I was a little kid, three or four years old, one of the favorite things my dad said when he got upset was, that really chaps my ass. I heard that a lot. One day I was digging around in my mom's purse at church, and I found a little cylinder with a cap and some greasy stuff that the cap was covering. I asked my mom what it was, and she reminded me to whisper, then told me it was called chapstick. Maybe it was because we were at church, but I didn't ask any more questions. Later at home, I decided to use the chapstick, so I went and found it in my mom's purse, removed the cap, and smeared it on. It felt a little funny and even burned, but no big deal. Frankly, I didn't see what the benefit from this stuff was. Over the next week, I tried it several times and decided it was a total waste of time. About a week went by and my mom came to my room chapstick in hand. She had puzzled look on her face. The cap was off and she was sniffing it. 
As she brought the chapstick towards me and my nose, I panicked and ran out of the room. I hit, hid in the, uh, the clothes hamper, the built-in clothes hamper that we had. It was easy for my parents to find me, but it was hard for them to get to me. Finally, she coaxed me out of the hamper, but only after she promised to not make me smell the chapstick. Another five minutes passed before I was able to clearly explain why I was so concerned about having that chapstick in my face and my overall misunderstanding of its appropriate use. My dad never did say, that chaps my ass again. And uh, I did get quite a few comments uh, from people, uh, mostly on Twitter, about that, and uh, some... uh, some support, uh, comments of support, uh, you know, it was not clearly explained to me and so on and so forth. And I had to, uh, I had to own up that that was just, uh, a story that, uh, formed in my little, my little pointed head. And, uh, I wrote about it and it never actually happened. Although there were some elements of, uh, of my life in it. Uh, my dad never did uh, really use language like that. Not unless he was, um, working on something, I guess as most dads do. So anyway, I hope you enjoyed that that little bit uh, of uh, amateur writing. So one of the things I was going to talk about, I've uh, since I've been doing podcasts, I've been listening to podcasts more, mainly because um, I've always enjoyed talk radio, and uh, I can listen to the podcasts at work, uh, driving to work, uh, at work, driving uh, home from work, and it's it's fun. You learn a lot and you get to hear about things that are going on in the world and it may or may not be right. I mean, a lot of it is just entertainment, but some of it is informational. And, uh, one of the things that, uh, Lee Laporte was recently talking about and I had heard about it, uh, prior was the, uh, FCC net neutrality rules. And I don't know if you've been following this at all, but, uh, there was a, another article that I wrote, uh, a while back about um, the, the why we need uh, telephone service, why we need uh, cable or satellite, you know, the, the entertainment uh, type stuff, uh, and internet. There's really no reason, because you can get everything uh, across the internet. Well, I say you can. It's technically possible to do all of those things uh, via the internet. So why are we spending $150, $200 a month for something that we can just get through high-speed Internet? Um, yeah, here we go. Uh, November the 10th, 2011. Is that right? No. It was, uh, I'm sorry, I'm misreading my own, uh, my own blog. It's uh, November the 11th, 2010. And the blog article is The Collapse of TV, Cable, Telephone, and Satellite Services. There is absolutely no reason to be paying $150 a month for these services. In fact, I use the AT&T U-verse, and I have a voice over IP service for my landline, which of course isn't. Uh, I guess in a way it is because there is a, a physical uh, wire or uh, fiber optic that is carrying the signal, and it's certainly carrying it over the land. So it, I guess technically it could be a landline, but really it's just internet. And then uh, my uh, my TV service is also coming across the um, the same fiber or copper uh, into my television or 
into the receiver into the DVR uh, DVR and uh, it's just a streaming feed and I think the total bandwidth and you can see this if you have a, uh, the AT&T U-verse, you can actually go into the, the DVR and and poke around and you'll see that the the bandwidth is uh, 52 megabits I believe and they show you how much is assigned to the to the U-verse um, entertainment part portion of it and really there's not much necessary uh, for the voice over IP service and then the remainder they sell you, you know, for internet access. So this is this is critical because it's I'm not the only person that you know. There's uh, Netflix, there's uh, services uh, that are available that you can subscribe to to watch movies. So why in the world would you want to spend what is it, twelve, thirteen, fourteen dollars a month for HBO <clears throat> HBO service whenever you can? Get Netflix and watch whatever movie you want to watch on demand. And in fact, you don't even need a computer anymore. Uh, you can do it on your uh, your PlayStation 3, your Xbox 360. Um, so, you know, those things are already tied into your your television, usually through an HDMI cable. Uh, and it's a, a high-resolution uh, screen, 1080i or even a 720. So you get, the, you get to watch these movies when you want to watch them. For nine dollars a month, and and it's the entire database for Netflix. Well, it's not going to be very much longer that, uh, and, and of course, the broadcast uh, uh, companies, NBC, uh, CBS, so on and so forth, have already started doing this. You can watch their episodes online. I remember I missed a uh, an episode of Fringe some time back. I think it was before we um, before we actually got the uh, the UVerse service, and I was recording shows straight on my computer. And uh, something happened, and it, it didn't record. So I had to go over to um, go over to uh, the Fox. Uh, what was it? I guess um, whatever the the Fox, the main Fox uh, site is, not Fox News. Maybe it's just Fox dot com. Anyway, I went over to the Fox site and uh, watched Fringe, and it was high high def, uh, streamed great. The only thing I didn't like was the commercials, because if I'd recorded it on my computer like I had meant to, it automatically skipped commercials i mean you could tell that it was slowing down the 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 scene was was coming to a, a pause so that they could do the the advertisement the the next three to five minutes of advertisement and it was really cool because it would you know it was obvious and then all of a sudden it starts back up again the software was amazing and, and the software is about three years old so the same software that is in my computer for free they could have loaded on those PVRs, and we could be not we could be watching shows without commercials now. But anyway, that's another rant. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll save that one for another time. Anyway, so the FCC uh, net neutrality law uh, was a way to make the a way to keep the um, the the internet service providers from putting caps on how much data you can transfer from the internet. Now, um, uh, AT&T and Verizon, um, Comcast, uh, all these uh, big ISPs are saying, oh, no, 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 it's not going to hurt anything. It's only the bandwidth hogs. You know, we're getting back to the same deal about rich people. Either the rich people are bad. Let's tax them. We're not going to tax you 
and, and because there's only a few rich people, <laughs> there's a, a, you know, 200 million uh, middle class, but we're not going to tax you because we get more money from the rich. Yeah, right. That's, that's really going to happen. But anyway, it's the same class warfare thing. They say, no, no, we're just going to this. Putting this cap is only going to affect the bandwidth hogs. You're not a hog, are you? It's not going to affect you then, so don't worry. No, just like Leo says, it's a preemptive strike. They are trying to keep this from happening because it is a preemptive strike because they see their business model not going to work anymore. It won't work if people don't, if they can get things for free or at a much better price across the internet, why in the world are they going to pay for cable TV? Why in the world are they going to pay for satellite TV? Just give me the internet and I'll take it from there. I watch very little TV now because there are so many things on the internet that I enjoy. Um, it's uh, online shows uh, like on Ustream. They're free. Uh, I get to um, play online games with people and interact with them. And it's it's much like being in a movie, except you're interacting with characters real people somewhere else in the world and you you're playing a game yes but it's it's like being in a movie now why in the world if i could play something uh, play a movie why would i want to watch one well obviously some movies are, are worth watching some shows are wa- worth watching and, and i do watch those I'll, I'll record them and i'll watch them at my leisure not when they come on of course there are a few shows that that i take the time to to go and um sit in front of the television when they come on. But I do do a little trick. I, I'll, I'll usually wait about five or 10 minutes before I do go sit down in front of the television. That way I can fast forward through the the commercials because, you know, I'm recording the show anyway. So I can watch the show while it's being recorded and fast forward through the commercials. So, you know, obviously, we're we're quickly moving into an environment where it's going to be very difficult for for uh, people to sell commercials on their content. Technology is going to make it very easy to get around that. As I was saying earlier, the the PVR that uh, um, that AT and T uses for their UVerse, it's more than capable of running software to uh, figure out where the uh, the commercials are and skip them. Uh, AT&T as a company, if they wanted to, they could just put people um, at work and, and putting in the time codes uh, for this is the end of the, the content, this is where the uh, commercial starts, and this is where the content begins again. I mean, it doesn't even, the software doesn't even have to do anything other than read the time and, and skip it, not record it. So and it's just a little check checkbox, you know, on your PVR software. But they don't do that because it would not be very popular with the the people that are trying to make money on the content. So I'm I'm sure we're going to get more and more to a situation where we're paying for content. But you know, I really don't mind paying a dollar for uh, a good song. I didn't like the idea of paying twenty dollars for a CD for one song that I like. I'm not a music aficionado, so I don't like having the the entire CD's worth of songs. I just want the song that I want, or maybe the two songs, or if it's a really good album, maybe the three or four songs. 
and and I don't mind spending the dollar. Uh, it's great. Uh, I, I like it because you know you got to do things to support the the artist uh, and the and the whole infrastructure that's required to keep the you know to keep the the entertainment coming. But you know some entertainment and some of the infrastructure I don't think needs to be there. Anyway, getting back to the FCC net neutrality. Um, so it appears, you know, this was, in my mind, this was good. The FCC net neutrality rule was going to say, no, you cannot put caps on how much data somebody can download. You cannot put caps on your customers uh, on how much data. A bit is a bit. It doesn't matter if it is um, a voice over IP. It doesn't matter if it's... Uh, Netflix, streaming video, audio video, you know, uh, entertainment type thing, a bit is a bit. You buy internet access, you buy access at a certain speed, there shouldn't be a cap. And of course there's there's arguments that government, and, and I, I agree to, to a degree, that the government should not be involved in this. The free marketplace should take care of it. The problem is there's no competition. I mean, there's AT&T, there's Comcast, there's Verizon. And in, in some areas of the country, there is no competition because you have one vendor that is providing high-speed Internet access to that region, to that location. So what are you going to do? Anyway, so it's a preemptive strike by these companies. They're trying to block this rule, and, and, and so far it says, uh, this article that I'm reading says House votes to block FCC's net neutrality rules. So the House, the Republicans, Republicans have or have voted to block this, to keep the FCC from doing this, to keep the FCC from um, not basically not allowing the ISPs to put caps, uh, data transfer caps. And I think uh, AT&T is talking about 100 and 50 gigabytes a month. Well, that's all fine and good. I mean, if I was to look at a report, I probably don't do 150 gigabytes a month. But then again, I use their UVerse service and I get my entertainment through that uh, 33 gigabytes of uh, bandwidth that they have allocated for the, what I call entertainment, the the shows, the, the audiovisual stuff. And, you know... Uh, it's this now i mean it's gotten to me it's it's i'm kind of a techie person but it's 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 gotten to me where i say why am i doing this why do i have to do this i can watch these shows online all i need is a device hooked up to my big screen television that allows me to get on the internet and play that content on the tv and and that's not very difficult to do it's just an hdmi cable and a laptop away actually from being able to do it but the thing is, is why, you know, I'm kind of a techie person. And it come, it's come to me, why should I be paying this $60, $70 a month when I can get the same content for free over the Internet? Well, of course, it's not free. I have to pay for Internet access. Okay, so the, what these companies are doing, they're getting, they're doing a preemptive strike and setting it up so that they will be able to block you or make you pay more if you're going to watch television, watch movies over the internet. 
You don't want their service? Fine. We're going to charge you more for your internet access because if you go over 150 gigabytes on AT&T, we're going to charge you a higher premium. See, you signed in whenever you, when you signed up, you signed up for the internet and you, this is, this is the bandwidth that you're going to get down, come be able to download at. This is the bandwidth you're going to be able to upload at. They didn't say anything about a cap. They didn't say anything about a limit. The, other than those two limits, this is, you know, you're going to get up to this speed and up to this speed. So what's changed? Nothing's changed. Those bits don't cost them anything. Yeah, there's an infrastructure and so on and so forth put, uh, that they have to put in place and they have to maintain and they have to build out because if there's more and more demand, you know, they want people on the Internet. So what's changed? Is it going too fast? Do you think they don't have enough money to build out the, the infrastructure? I mean, technology is always increasing. Bandwidth is always the, the switches, the, the network components uh, that are being built. They're always improving. So, uh, you know, and fiber, there's a lot of fiber out. I mean, what are they trying to buy T-Mobile for? Uh, was it $13 billion or something? You don't think $13 billion would go very far in, in building out infrastructure? So the whole point of this, in my not-so-humble opinion, is they are doing a preemptive strike because they want to make sure that they keep getting money. They don't want to change their business model so that they can continue in a new world, a new environment of technology where it's easier to get content. They, they want to try to keep you on the old way of doing things. And this is one of the reasons why I hate the cable companies. I remember back in the, the early 80s, I moved out of my parents' house, and one of the things that um, my uh, friend, friend, and, uh, friend of mine and I that were renting this house together, you know, it, was just, it was so cool. Uh, we were doing this on our own, and hey, let's get cable TV. That would be really cool. My God, what a bunch of assholes. Now, of course, that could be local, but I keep hearing the the thing over and over again, this the same uh, mindset that um, we're the cable companies, we got what everybody wants, and you'll damn well pay and wait and put up with whatever we tell you to do. And I am not, even from my, my very early adult days, I knew what a customer was. And if I was it, you damn well better treat me like one. They pissed me off in the 80s. Uh, I don't even remember what it was other than this that suck-ass attitude. And to this day, I have never spent a dime with the cable companies. Um, I don't think we had it back then, and I never have gotten it. I've been on DirecTV, which is an excellent service. And frankly, the only reason why I changed was uh, I didn't have a PVR with their service. That's because I got uh, got on DirecTV very early on. And also, too, uh, I was not able to get faster internet access so I could run my, my websites here at the house. I was not able to get the additional bandwidth that I needed using the AT&T DSL. Now, the AT&T U-verse boasted much higher uh, internet uh, band speeds, so... I went ahead and just switched the, the whole shoot and match. Uh, telephone, 
um, the DirecTV satellite entertainment thing, like I like to call it, and uh, of course the internet. And I went from one DSL to another, but for some reason uh, the the DSL with uh, AT&T was different than the Uverse DSL with AT&T. I, I guess that happens when you just get too damn big. Anyway, I've been very happy with the internet service. It's up almost all the time. Um, never have any dropouts. Uh, they're doing a really good job. I, I, I really, I think that has a lot more to do with it being uh, Southwestern Bell. And I could be wrong, but AT&T purchased Southwestern Bell, and Southwestern Bell was the the original DSL provider that I got on, um, gosh, many, many years ago, back in the 90s, uh, probably... 99, maybe 2000, but many years ago. And I switched over to AT&T U-verse, uh, I guess back in January. It's been over, it's been a little over a year. So, uh, well, actually more than that, because this is May. So a uh, uh, year and uh, four months. So it's it's been it's been very nice. And of course, PVRs are available with DirecTV now. But since I was an, a long-time subscriber, and uh, they weren't uh, they weren't concerned about losing me after I'd been with them for a good twelve years, and then when I called up the cancel, they were just trying to jump through hoops to you know keep me as a customer. And I said, you know, basically I'm just calling to cancel because I'm getting all this other stuff from AT and T. And uh, you know, like oh gee, we got PVRs, and I kind of thought, and I think I actually said because I am very good about saying what I think. Or bad, depending on the situation. <laughs> I said, well, where were you? I've been this customer for this long, and you came out with PVRs. I mean, I'm switching over to AT&T, and I'm basically paying the same amount of money for the same services I get from you, but I'm getting a PVR in the process. And and that's a, a personal video recorder. Um. It's also a digital uh, video recorder. You know, basically it's a computer and it records uh, the uh, records the shows digitally on a hard drive and plays them back whenever you like. It's, uh, you know, it's like the VCRs way back when, the VTRs, but there's no tape. So, um, and it's, of course, it's much nicer. Um, I often tease, uh, tease the family when they're going to, when they're taking the, uh, the DVDs back. Oh, did you remember to rewind that DVD? My wife gets it. My my kids is going to look at me like I'm an idiot. You don't rewind a DVD. (laughs) Please be kind. Rewind. Some of you know what I'm talking about from uh, the good old uh, VHS cassette tape days. How dare you watch a VHS tape and not rewind it before you uh, returned it? Yeah, those were the good old days. That that was a lot of fun, uh, and and it just goes back to the same video on demand stuff that we're uh, that we're doing now. Anyway, so the House has uh, has voted to block the FCC net neutrality rules. House, uh, I'm reading from uh, onlinewsj.com uh, by uh, Corey Bowles. Uh, House lawmakers voted Thursday night to prevent the Federal Communications Commission from implement, implementing controversial new rules that would govern the flow of traffic over the Internet. The rules known as network neutrality would affect such companies as AT&T, Verizon, Comcast, because, their own, uh, because uh, they own the networks over which the Internet often flows. 
They would be barred from discriminating as to what content flows over the web. Damn good idea to me. Uh, Nobody should be controlling the Internet. I mean, we see these countries, Syria, uh, Libya, and what do they do whenever there's uprisings in that country? They want to control the Internet. They do not want free flow of information. Now, I know that's not what's happening here, but that just goes to show you that the the information should be free-flowing. Anyway, it says the FCC agreed on rules uh, on the rules last year, but has not implemented them fully. Republican, and I'm 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 a very I'm a conservative, and I'm I'm sorrowed to read this, but it says Republican lawmakers are opposed to the new regulations, arguing that they are unnecessary intrusions by the federal government into the private marketplace. And I'm going to repeat what Leo Laporte said. That is true. That I like the I like the way that says that, but that is true only if the FCC had not created monopolies. If there were 15 ISPs willing to give you internet access without caps, or I'm sorry, if there was 15 ISPs and you know three or four of them had caps and the rest of them didn't, and then we could vote by going, okay, fine, I'm not going to give you the business because I do want to be able to watch Netflix all the, the entire month not the first two weeks of it. You know, it really depends on how much of the video content you stream uh, from Netflix, obviously online. But I think it would be very easy to watch uh, enough movies where you would run out of your 150 gigabyte limit in, you know, in two weeks. So what do you do? What do you do the remaining two weeks of that month? Well, if you want to keep watching the stuff, you know, you just pay more for it. And if they want to charge more for Internet access, that's fine. Let them charge more for Internet access. But that's not the game they're playing. The game they're playing is, here's your, you know, here's your, your line in the sand you cannot cross. If you cross this, then you're going to pay more. So, you know, just don't get Netflix. <laughs> just, you know, be, be good to us. We've been here for you know, a hundred years providing you data and bilking you out of billions of dollars. Please let us continue to bilk you out of that money. We want to keep you on the old technology. We're not ready. We don't want to do it. So we're going to put this barrier in your way. And the FCC, and I think rightly so, because they set up the monopoly to start with, said no. You can't do that. You're going to stifle innovation. You're not going to allow other companies to succeed. I mean, if you could spend $10 a month on Netflix, which personally I think is too damn much, but and I'm not buying it, but I'm cheap. <laughs> I'm cheap on some things. Um <laughs> If you want to spend $10 Netflix and watch as many movies as they have available in their library, streaming it across the internet to your computer or TV, you ought to be able to do that. If, if these companies want to charge more for their internet access, we'll charge more. Why are you putting a limit on this stuff? 
It's because they've been fighting back and forth to get customers. They've been having these price wars and then lower, 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 higher bandwidth, lower price. Okay, great. Now we've got the customers. And oh my God, look at, look at this. We're going to all lose because nobody's going to want to buy content. They're not going to buy telephone service. It's like long distance. I mean, AT&T managed to survive not making billions of dollars a year selling long distance. The, the uh, quality of phone calls have improved. Uh, I remember when I would talk to my uh, uh, half-brother up in Arkansas. You know, we would call up to Arkansas rarely, and we had a little, a little timer. I think it was a little egg timer. But it was three minutes, I believe. And, you know, we would call uh, Little Rock, Arkansas, and try to speak to everybody up there uh, on the phone. And we would have to holler on the phone because it was uh, so far away. And they just didn't have the quality. Uh, it was all analog, too. So it, the, the signal had to be boosted along the way. Sometimes there was echoes. It was horrible. It was horrible, horrible phone service. And we were paying a god-awful amount of money for it. I, th- I think that it was probably uh, five or six bucks to talk for three minutes. And, and, and that kept us from, from talking very much. I mean, the alternative was to write something on a piece of paper or get a typewriter and type it out and put a stamp on it and mail it up there. I mean, that is where we were. And what was that? I guess, I guess that was the 60s when that was going on. And where are we now? I mean, I can record a video, put it up on YouTube, and my relatives anywhere can, can watch and laugh or say not another one. You know, you know, Tony's putting so much video up, I'm just getting tired of seeing him. I mean, that's where it is now. I mean, we have instant communication. And these companies and the Republicans in the House are saying, no, we need to go back. We need to go, uh, well, actually not back. We need to keep it the way it is. We want to make sure that these companies can continue to bilk billions of dollars out of you. There's an easier way for you to get your entertainment. There's an easier way for you to communicate but we want to keep you from that. We're going to let these companies put hurdles in that you have to jump over. You have to be willing to pay more if you want to do more. And like I say, it'd be fine if there was uh, if everybody had like 15 internet service providers to pick from. You know, there was a free marketplace, but there isn't. There's very few providers. So anyway, that's my rant on that. Uh, I've been hearing some some folks talk about it on podcasts, and um, you've probably heard it on those if you've listened to them, but I took the uh, the chance that maybe you hadn't, and you could uh, hear it from me. Another thing that I saw, and I actually I'm kind of glad I didn't do this show until tonight, because uh, I didn't read this, uh, this article until uh, just a, a few minutes before the show, and this reminded me a lot of the uh, global warming controversy. You remember how uh, we were all very horrible, horrible people, especially people like me that have uh, uh, low gas mileage uh, Jeeps and uh, just tearing up the planet and, oh my God, it's the the Earth, Earth Day. Oh my God, we have to have an Earth Day so we'll remember the Earth. We don't want to forget about the Earth. The Earth needs us. Well, folks, the Earth doesn't need us. 
we weren't on the earth the first five billion years of its existence. <laughs> the earth will be perfectly fine. We could nuke each other into oblivion. And yes, it would take a little time, but the earth would come right back and it wouldn't even notice what had happened. Life will continue. We may not be here, but life will continue in some f- shape or form. It has It always will, and it won't be for another 5 billion years until the uh, sun, our star, starts running out of fuel, expands, and burns this place to a cinder. That's when it'll be done. That's the Earth Day that we should be concerned about, the one that's 5 billion years in the future. Oh, my God, Earth Day. It's just insane. Okay, anyway, this climate change. Is there climate change? Yes, I believe there is. Are there changing weather patterns? Yes, I believe there are. Is it exceedingly arrogant for us to believe that we are the cause of it? Yes, yes, I believe it is exceedingly arrogant. I know the scientists have reported in ice core samples from, was it the South Pole, the North Pole? There was a big, big sheet of ice, miles thick, that there are... Climate changes, they're cyclical. So every so often, you know, the uh, it's colder, it gets warmer, colder or warmer over thousands of years. And yes, the, the ice core samples are showing that the increase is greater now in the 20th century, since the 20th century, the industrialization. It is faster now than what it ever, it's ever been in the past. At least I believe that was accurate. I mean, I know that's what they were saying, but then there was that whole big deal about you know, them lying about it, falsifying information to make their um, personal wishes, I guess, um, come true. (laughs) Because we're all evil, bad people. We need to be living in teepees and hunting the buffalo and living off the land and not having hummers and not driving to work and not having a job, and not living, you know, in a house that has modern conveniences. We're all evil, horrible, horrible people. I don't understand how it could be anything else. You know, oil is bad. Oil is a finite resource. And, you know, I need to look this up, but I don't understand how there can be so much, um, So much ethanol, so much, is it ethanol? It's so much uh, Titan, the one of the moons of Saturn. It is, it's got lakes of natural gas. Lakes of natural gas. They don't think that there was ever life on Titan. I mean, there could have been, but there wasn't dinosaurs that this biomass that, that died and was crushed and, and, uh, and, and petroleum products developed. So where did all that stuff come from on Titan? There's, there's, you know, all it's, it's much like the earth was. My point is, and and I haven't researched this. It's, it's a question I have in my mind, but my point is maybe the oil didn't come from dinosaurs. Maybe it's some other process that we're not familiar with going on in the earth. Maybe it's not a finite resource. Maybe that process 
is going on now. Now, do I, would I like to see us off oil? Sure. I'd like to see us going to fusion or uh, some other power generation that generates massive amounts of electricity. Uh, I would much rather have an electric engine or engines in my Jeep than an internal combustion. I have no problem whatsoever with having a great, lovely, wonderful, um, smog-free environment. Sounds great. But it should not be done at the cost of jobs or personal freedoms from being able to go from one point to another when you want to go and how you want to get there. There's always limits, of course. Um, can't have a, a jet-powered car because of you might be burning up the, some, the person behind you. So I understand the, the how you want to is important from the standpoint of how it affects the, the person next to you or behind you or in front of you. Or, you know, it's, those personal freedoms are only governed by the personal freedoms of the, the people that you're going to affect. So I understand that, uh, and I'm not, not forgetting about that. But this crap, and I don't know where these, these, these uh, climate scientists were going or where they were coming from, why they would be falsifying data. I mean, my God, that's a career-ending thing, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, if you, can't, if you can't trust a scientist's data, well, what's a scientist going to do? Uh, I, I guess he could enter politics. Yeah, that that kind of makes great sense, especially if you were fooling a lot of people for a long time. You could be a very good politician. So anyway, uh, boy, that rant was a long one. Uh, this one is this one's kind of interesting to me. You've been hearing for a number of years now that we're running out of fish. The the fish in the sea. There's overfishing. There's you know we're got, that's the the basis of our whole food system. It starts in the water and and works through the okay. Article Science Daily. Plenty more fish in the sea. New method for measuring biomass reveals fish stocks are more stable than widely believed. This is from uh, April 28th. Fish and marine species among uh, the most threatened wildlife on Earth due partly to overexploitation by fishing fleets, yet there are differences in assessing trends in worldwide fishing stocks which researchers writing in conservation biology argue stem from inappropriate use of time trends in catches. Estimates of fishery status based on catches suggest that about, I'm sorry, around 30% of fisheries uh, are collapsed and 70% or overexploited or collapsed, says lead author Dr. Trevor Branch from the University of Washington in Seattle. Our assessment shows the date, uh, that the data uh, are seriously biased, and that instead we should be looking at biomass data. Biomass data from scientific stock assessments indicate a much smaller portion in these categories, 12% collapsed and 26% overexploited or collapsed. Okay, guys, I know that's kind of boring, but I'll give you the numbers again. So they're saying that the estimates were 30% of the fisheries are collapsed and 70% are overexploited or collapsed. 
but looking at the whole biomass data, 12% collapsed and 20 26% overexploited. 26% compared to 70%. So why do you think there why do you think that the the data is seriously biased? I mean seriously biased that that's to me when I read seriously biased I'm reading falsified. The data isn't accurate. The data has been manipulated. Why would they manipulate this data? And and this is my opinion. When I read seriously biased, that is somebody that's not saying somebody's lying. This reeks, reeks of the same thing that happened with the uh, climate research stuff. What is the goal here? Why are we trying to? Why are we trying to make people feel like there's not enough fish in the sea? Why are we trying to? Why are we trying to make people feel like the the Earth is coming to an end because it's going to warm up and sea levels are going to rise thirty feet and you know you're you, uh, you're forty five feet above sea level well you're going to have beachfront property soon. You know I don't understand it. They they want people to change the way they're doing things. Why? There there is some underlying thing going on that. I don't understand. I mean, this isn't like the littering campaign back in the 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 mid to late 60s. I think that's when it was. It might have been early 70s. With the Indian, with the tear coming down the eye because of all the the trash that people were throwing out of their vehicles. Um, you know, it, it, things look nicer. You know, if you don't have your your cup that you got done and you threw it out on the side of the road. It's great. Take it home. Put it in the trash. The trash people will come by and pick it up for a fee and then stick it in a landfill. <laughs> so instead of it being next to the freeway, it'll be in this huge pit. <laughs> I don't know. I just found that funny because it's, you know, it doesn't matter. It's trash. It's, it's going to be trash wherever it is. And uh, <laughs> maybe it would have been better for it on the side of the road. At least people could pick up the aluminum cans and uh, make some money off of it. <laughs> so anyway, I, I, I urge you, go to sciencedaily.com, uh, read this article, uh, read the entire article, and, and see what you think of it. Um, I, I can't help but you know, read those two words. Seriously biased <laughs> shows that the data are seriously biased, and then instead we should be looking at biomass data. So I guess biomass data it means the entire life in that in that area, not just the fish. You know, the fish do have to eat something. Oh, so I, I I just urge you to think. I keep telling my my children, my older boys that uh, are going to college, they have to be. You need to be really careful. And I've, I'm telling my girls too that that are in high school now to get them ready for college. You're gonna have to be really careful 
about the professors, the teachers in college. Uh, I think here in Texas, it's not quite as bad, but you do, they have to be uh, really careful because a lot of them are liberal. And this tree-hugging liberal mentality seems to go past thinking. It's not like it's like it's not being thought through. It's like, okay, this is what I believe, so we can't go down this road. It doesn't matter if the road is a good one or not. We're not going to even think about it. It's a bad road because it doesn't go along with the way I think. And you see this in in conservative uh, Christian conservatives. You see this. You see this in all kinds of people. You see this. Hell, you're seeing it with AT&T and uh, Verizon and Comcast trying to uh, do these limits on uh, bandwidth. I mean, that's, that's really what it is. They do not want to go down that road. They don't want to think about how to make money a different way. They have their business model, and they want to stick with it. And, and if nothing else, you know, I'm sure they're smart enough to know that it's going to change anyway. People are going to get upset, and it's going to change. But this will just buy them a little more time so that they can put things in place to, you know, keep making money, stay in business. Well, they need to change faster. It's just like whenever um, the free music, uh, the illegally uh, free music services came out, that was answering a, a need. Uh, not necessarily a need for free music, but a need for people to be able to download, number one, get music instantly, which was not, not possible. You had to go to the, the store and get a DVD. And the other thing was, get the songs that you want. Not have to buy the entire crap that was on that album. Only buy the, I'm sorry, only download the songs you want. You hit instant music, and it was instant music that you wanted. So uh, Napster comes to mind. Napster was doing this, and you know they got slapped down for it. Um, fine, closed down, etc. I don't know what it was. I don't remember. Didn't follow the story completely. And then what happens? The business model comes out that was basically the same thing Napster was doing, except now they're charging a dollar for the songs. Why? Because people were interested in having it instantly. They were interested in having having the the music right then or however long it took to download, which was, you know, not very long. Even back when they were first doing this stuff, the the internet speeds were fast enough to get it get a song within you know, several minutes, at least, you know, less than 10. I mean, my God, that's a lot faster than going down to the store. And besides that, it was free. But like I said, most people I don't think would have mind, uh, would have mind uh, spending a dollar or five dollars to get the five songs I like from probably five different art artists. And where are we now? We're doing that stuff. You can go to Walmart and buy what song you like for a dollar online. Uh, there's lots of different services. Walmart's the one I use. There's lots of different services doing it. They're doing the same thing Napster was doing. The exact same thing, with the exception of, of they're collecting money and sending the money back to the, the businesses uh, that support the art, artists. Well, there's really no reason to have those middlemen, is there? I mean, Walmart, yeah, probably so, but 
you know, the technology is getting there where you really don't need them either. Because the artist, the person creating the content, doesn't take a rocket scientist, especially with how they're, all the technology they're dealing with anyway, doesn't take much for them to put their content online and sell it directly. And see, this scares the hell out of all these people that haven't been doing a damn thing for a lot of years. And they've been making billions of dollars doing nothing. And yeah, I know, it's scary. It's scary for you guys because now the people have the ability to create content. I'm doing it right now. For $300 investment, not including my computer, which I already had, I'm doing a podcast. That's unheard of. I mean, back in the, the 70s, I wouldn't be, the only way I'd be able to do this is if I worked hard and developed my craft and managed to con- convince somebody to hire me and put me on the radio. And frankly, I'm probably not good enough to be on the radio. Um, I keep getting uh, wonderful reports on my voice. <laughs> Nobody said great show, great content. I'm working on that part. I'm working on the content. I'm hoping that's going to get better, guys. <laughs> but, hey, I got something, you know. <laughs> you say, is that really your voice? Yeah, I mean, this is me talking. In fact, when I'm listening to some of these podcasts, mainly because I'm, I've been trying to get it technically, sounding technically better, louder, better quality, no distortion. It just kills me hearing the, the southern accent that I have on some of these words. Uh, like I say, war, when I believe it's war, I can't say, I can't even say it. War, war, W-A-R, not, not, not the stuff that you, you, you know, hook things, electronic things together with wire. I had a neighbor that would say war when he was saying wire. I guess it's war. I don't know. I, I guess I need to go to a speech class. I'm trying not to think about it too much. I'm hoping that, uh, if, <laughs> if people don't mind the accent, <laughs> what the hell? Maybe it's uh, it's uh, it's part of the charm, if there's any at all. So if you're a liberal, I apologize. I'm not a liberal. I'm a conservative. I'm not a Republican. I'm a conservative. And I don't understand why liberals think the way they do. And I understand many of you, many of the liberals out there don't understand why conservatives think the way they do. They think they're mean. They think that they... They don't like people and they want to, they want to kill them. <laughs> That's why we, why we didn't want healthcare. We want people to die. Just hurry up and die. <laughs> it's not the case at all. It's the same thing with, with this climate change. It's the same thing with this, uh, this fishing stuff. It's like, yes, it is, it is a wonderful thing to have a, a pristine environment. It is a wonderful thing not to drill oil in this country because it we don't have the oil wells, we don't have the oil spills, we don't have the the damage to our uh, environment. Oh, wonderful day. Thank you. Hear the angels sing. The problem is is that that needs to be in balance with what we need to do. We need jobs. We need cheaper oil. We need to be able to compete with the rest of the world. If we don't, 
then all we're going to have is a pretty place to live that nobody will be able to afford except those companies, I'm sorry, except those countries that don't follow the same rules that we are being held to. China. Do you think they care about pollution? Yeah, they do. But they're more concerned about building their infrastructure, making money. This is what we were doing a hundred years ago, and we damn well better get back to it. So you guys, you tree huggers out there, go find you a tree and spoon with it. Enjoy yourself. Do whatever the hell you want to do, but don't keep me from my livelihood. Don't keep me from being able to drive the vehicle that I want to drive. Technology will eventually get it to the point where you like it. I had a little pause there for for a second because I think sometimes people are going to find something to bitch about no matter how nice it is. It's kind of like the electric cars. You know, you can't have an electric car because, oh my God, where did the electricity come from? Were you burning coal? Did you get it straight from Satan? You know, come on, people. It's, It's not a utopian environment. It isn't Star Trek. We do not have... Um, those little things that you punch in what you want and a, a T-bone steak appears. It's not this you know, rep, you know, replicator. Thank you. Uh, we do not have replicators. When we have replicators, then we will not have to go out to eat. Or actually, we'll go out to eat, but they'll just press a button and it'll be like a microwave and your, your food will come out and it'll be free or it'll be 39 cents for the electricity that was that was used. But by that time, the electricity will probably be so prevalent that you know, they'll put caps on it because they don't want you to use too much of it. Anyway. So, as promised, here's another show. Weekly. And uh, I'm going to try really hard to um, get it done on Thursday. Got some upcoming shows that I think you'll find interesting. Having to do with uh, the spirit world. I'm hoping to get some UFO stuff in there, too. It's just fun stuff. Um, I don't know that it's uh, real, but uh, it's interesting. So, anyway, you got something you'd like to talk about? Um, like to be a guest? Just want to leave a comment? Call 530-675-4102. 530-675-4102. Uh, leave your name, where you're calling from, and uh, that you're calling uh, for the uh, My Interpretation Show. Till next week, this is Tony McElroy. Thank you very much, and I'm going to work on learning how to pronounce my name. See ya.